something that I love about this idea of being gentle with yourself or just having compassion is like sitting with your friend who's going through a hard time and being comfortable with that is doing that same thing with yourself of kind of being like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm feeling these less than ideal things today, maybe for a reason I understand, maybe not, but that in either case, finding that place of neutral of, okay, this is all right. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm feeling this thing, but I'm also not digging myself further into it, trying to avoid, you know, ruminating and getting caught in those cycles. But then I'm also not being like, oh, I have to get myself out of this or I'm failing somehow. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about toxic positivity. We've all had that friend or partner who seemingly was above it all, just always going with the flow and was optimistic no matter what life threw at them. Maybe we've even been in that position personally sometimes. However, too much positivity can actually result in a lack of support or not giving other people what they need in the moment. Today, we're going to be discussing some ways that toxic positivity can show up in our lives and relationships, as well as how to combat it if you are on the receiving end, and what things to say instead if you happen to be the one who realizes that you're doing this. Yeah, I had not heard about this at all until very recently when I was scrolling through Instagram stories, and then all of a sudden it's like, toxic positivity. Dedeker, I bet you're about to tell me, like, we've talked about (laughs) this. Maybe we have. It's more of, I'm surprised by that because you are tuned into the scene of people who, like, do yoga and are vegan or maybe a little bit into alternative medicine. And I think that toxic positivity is often Mm. very imbued with that culture in that scene. I've heard some people call it light light washing Mm. things. I have absolutely heard people use these statements before, these toxically positive statements, but I didn't know that it was called this and that it's really hot right now. People are talking about it in psychology today and writing a bunch of blogs and articles and stuff on it. And it seems like it's really like gaining interest and traction right now, which I think makes sense. And we're going to get into that. So we've gathered a couple of definitions of what toxic positivity specifically is. This first one is from verywellmind.com. They define it as the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. And along similar lines, here's a different definition from the psychologygroup.com, where they define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. And the exact origins of this phrase, toxic positivity, are unclear. But to sum it up, it's a general sense of good vibes only. Yeah, man. Yeah, which I do understand that that is sort of in the 
I don't know, yoga community and stuff like granola sphere, I suppose. It it reminds me of something we have talked about a little bit before, which is the whole um, power of positive thinking and like the potentially harmful aspects of that. It very much, those two go hand in hand with each other. Yes. And I did look up the positive psychology Wikipedia article, which had some things to say about this sort of criticism of this positive psychology, because there is a lot out there that, like you said, we've discussed on previous episodes. But yeah, toxic positivity is sort of this criticism of the ideas presented by positive psychology. So those who are critical of positive psychology argue that, and this is a quote from the Wikipedia article, the field of positive psychology places too much importance on the upbeat thinking while shunting challenging and difficult experiences to the side. Individuals who engage in a constant chase for positive experiences or states of high subjective well-being may be inadvertently stigmatizing negative emotional conditions such as depression or maybe suppressing natural emotional responses such as sadness, regret, or stress. And it's interesting because from the actual lectures and things that I've watched about positive psychology, they tend to be, at least the ones I've watched, very clear about this is not about feeling good all the time or being happy all the time, but it's about essentially like looking at what helps us be more high-functioning However, I think just the term Mm -hmm. positive psychology and maybe some of the stuff that gets pulled out of it and posted on blogs can very much feel like that. Oh, it's just about being positive all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like information gets distilled down to just, you know, we need to be positive or stay positive or don't let the little things get you down. And I do think that that has become this thing that we're all needing to look like we're positive all the time and excited about things all the time and our lives are going really well. And I'll get into this more, but yeah, in social media and stuff, we we're supposed to be looking like everything is good to go. And in reality, we may be suppressing a lot of those emotions that are natural and understandable, especially at times like what we have been collectively going through in the last year. Yeah, so this is a quote from Stephanie Preston, who's a psychology professor at the University of Michigan. And uh, this is from an article in the Washington Post. It says, It's an attractive behavior in people that makes them seem more well-adapted and more popular with their peers. So there are a lot of reasons people want to seem more positive. So that that makes a lot of sense, right? That it, it seems attractive. And so it's like, oh, well, this must be what we should be doing then. Yeah, specifically, she was talking about this idea of positivity is very rooted in American culture, where positivity is very highly valued. So we've talked a lot about being positive on the show or taking ourselves out of the challenging times and moving ourselves in a direction of more positivity or self-soothing, things like that. And that's that's all well and good. That's a good thing to try to strive for. But Sometimes the unexpected happens, like a huge global pandemic and any other type of unforeseen challenges. And it is sometimes just important to embrace the pain and work through those emotions rather than trying to suppress them or float above them all, like sometimes toxic positivity is telling us to do. Yeah, so do any of us know anyone who's acted in this way? Have we ourselves maybe been toxically positive to someone else in our life or even in a self-directed kind of way? Certainly. I, I can't think of specific examples right now, but I know that 
I've definitely been on both sides of this and definitely have done this to myself of kind of beating myself up for not feeling better. And I actually think this is something that for me, only in the last couple years have I really learned to be a little more comfortable with not always feeling positive or always being happy, but not feeling mm-hmm. like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, I have to fix this right now. That that's kind of a, a newer thing I've been trying on the past couple of years. Yeah, there is a big narrative to like feel happy or be happy all the time. And I do think that sometimes toxically positive statements will come out of my mouth when I don't know what the hell to, else sure. to yeah, say. Yeah, that makes a ton yeah. of sense. Yeah. It's just that like, I want to help you. And so... Blah. Yeah, or or even like subconsciously, I want to make myself feel better, so I'm going to say this positive statement, and hopefully it'll just like gloss over the challenge that you yeah, are absolutely. facing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that sometimes this can be more subtle. In my experience, sometimes the things that feel more toxic are when someone is trying to comfort me, and if they go to a place of like, oh, everything is going to be fine. Oh, you're not going to have to worry. It's going to be fine. Sometimes I think we do need maybe just a little bit of that reassurance, but then other times... Yeah, it can land in that way of not feeling validated in the worry or not feeling Mm -hmm. validated in what's distressing you or the negative emotions that are coming up. And I think that can be a hard balance to strike because telling someone that things are going to be fine or trying to reassure them that things are going to be fine can be effective in certain situations if that's what they're going for, but also can, I think, come across as just toxic positivity in other situations. Yeah, and I could also see that as we talked about like in the anger episode last week, that if you talk to someone who just sort of continues to fuel that and keeps you in that angry state, that's not really helpful either. Sometimes what you need is just reassurance of that feeling, but then you also don't want to just be like adding and like keeping that person in it. So it is it is a tricky balance, but it's worth being aware of the toxic positivity side of it. This to me feels like the other extreme of the anger episode, which I kind of like because, yeah, it's being like too overly positive and glossing over things, whereas, you know, you can suppress anger and do things along those lines or go overly angry and then that's also not a good thing. So I think, yeah, there are similar themes here. So let's talk about what this actually looks and sounds like in real life. In our culture, we have a lot of built-in aphorisms for situations when things are rough, or I think like you were mentioning, Emily, for situations where we just don't know what to say, or we don't know how Mm -hmm. to comfort somebody, or we're trying to make ourselves feel better about a bad situation. So you may have heard a friend or your parents or your grandparents or yourself say many of these different aphorisms at different points in your life. For instance, when something negative happens, like let's say losing your job, you know, people will say, okay, well, it's important to stay positive. Oh, look on the bright side. Oh, everything's going to be fine. Things like that. Even when a loved one dies, saying something like everything happens for a reason or they're in a better place, which I guess is maybe sort of rooted in religion. Absolutely, but, but it's still... It can be sort of a gloss yeah, over. Yeah, they're in a better place now. Or people saying like, look at the silver lining or something yeah. like that. Also, if you're feeling depressed or disappointment or sadness, people telling you that happiness or any other feeling is a choice. You're making a choice to be depressed. And happiness, on the other hand, is also a choice. Or just saying, like, don't worry, be happy. Or it could be worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people saying these statements, most likely they're coming from a place of good. They're not trying to harm you. 
they most likely want to help you make your pain go away or make you feel better or themselves better. Yeah, absolutely. However, it can become even more insidious as well. Toxic positivity can be a form of gaslighting and even can be used as a manipulation tactic. So for instance, toxic positivity can be used to invalidate what a person is feeling and invalidate their emotional responses to something if they're having a difficult situation. Or if it's used in a manipulative manner, the person's doing it to make themselves feel better or alleviate any challenging emotions or maybe get themselves out of feeling any responsibility for your feelings of just saying, oh, well, it's all your choice or you just need to be positive. So it can also turn to like a more intentional dark side, even though I think, like you said, Emily, most of the time, it's really coming from a place of the best intentions for ourselves and for other people. Yeah, but it can be glossing over some of those bigger issues and bigger questions there for sure. Something that I think we saw a lot of last summer is also that racial prejudice can come through in the form of toxic positivity. And I'm going to quote from this Medium article written by Dr. Carolyn Leaf, where she says, using phrases like all lives matter, let's all just love each other, and I don't see color when talking about race invalidate the pain and traumatic experiences that BIPOC people face on a daily basis. And when we use positivity in this way, it shuts down open and honest communication. As a result, we run the risk of not making the personal and societal changes that need to be made, which is only going to make things worse in our society. We should never use positivity to hide the ugly in our life or in our communities. And again, I think this just goes to show it's just one of the many reasons why it's really important to validate a person's experience rather than just push a different, more positive narrative upon them that is easier for yourself to swallow or that we think is going to be easier for them to swallow. Yeah. Also, toxic positivity is harmful for a variety of other reasons. We talked about this in our anger episode, but toxic positivity can be another form of shame or it can kind of give shame to the recipient because if you're standing there and hearing happiness is also a choice then it is invalidating the response that you're having and it can you know maybe make you feel shameful about the response that you're having in that moment about the emotion that you're feeling like i'm feeling shitty and shit i wish that i weren't i feel like i need to feel better in this moment Yeah, I think a lot of us have experienced that. I saw a lot of this actually when COVID was first kicking off, as things just kept getting worse and worse and darker and darker, but a lot of people feeling like I can't really complain about my situation because it could be worse. You know, it could be worse. I haven't caught COVID. It could be worse. I, I haven't lost my job. And so I need to just soldier on and keep on this happy face because... Otherwise, I don't necessarily deserve to be feeling all these other emotions, which is not necessarily the case. So I definitely saw a lot of, I think, unnecessary guilt around those things. Yeah, absolutely. It can also be an avoidance tool. So toxic positivity can be a way to avoid emotions that are happening either to the individual going through the difficult time or the person who is being told about the challenging situation. So you say one of those aphorisms and it's like, well, okay, I guess... We're just going to avoid the actual feeling, the actual like thing that's going on. And really, this can prevent real growth from happening because you're avoiding that challenging situation instead of facing it head on and facing those emotions that are happening from it. A lot of growth can happen out of adversity and out of challenge, out of sadness, out of, you know, pain. 
and that's important to deal with and to move past. Yeah. And sometimes, as we've talked about a little bit, we're guilty of using toxic positivity on ourselves. And that can manifest internally. Uh, And we could also use it on others, but often it starts with the way we talk to ourselves. And this means things like, Emily said, avoiding problems by just kind of brushing them off and putting on a happy face and being like, well, if that makes me upset, I shouldn't deal with it. Or it can manifest as not showing your true self or even admitting your true feelings to others or even to yourself about something. Or it can come up in minimizing others' emotional experiences when they're being vulnerable or asking for help. It can also look like we've mentioned, you know, feeling guilt or shame about your own negative emotions, feeling the need to put on a happy face, to be stoic about a problem or a difficult emotion that you're going through. And then in turn, as we've learned that when sometimes we feel shame about something, the way that we respond to that is to shame other people as well. So then that can kind of get spewed onto other people where we may shame the people in our lives around us for not having a positive enough attitude or not having enough resilience in going through something difficult or, you know, resulting to throwing out some of the aphorisms like we mentioned earlier in the episode, if someone's having a bad day. Yeah, Dedeker just kind of touched on this, but the fact that COVID happened and that I think initially for maybe the first six months or so, the narrative that I kept hearing from podcasts and, you know, people writing on social media and a bunch of different news outlets is that if you're not using this time off to get out there and do a side hustle or learn a new language or get way in shape or something, then you're a failure. I struggled with that for sure. I struggled with feeling like I wasn't doing enough, like I wasn't utilizing my time in exactly the right way and that I should be more grateful and positive because I wasn't losing a loved one or I lost my job, but I was on unemployment and so many people weren't and that. Uh, I didn't have a kid that I had to homeschool or, you know, child rear or any of those things. And so, yeah, there is, however, this huge seismic shift and a ton of huge change that we all went through. And so it makes a lot of sense that we're not going to be completely positive in those moments or even for a long period of time. I think that narrative has started to shift which I really appreciate. I think most people are like, listen, you're doing good enough. It's okay. But I did want to point out that for the longest time, so many of us were told you aren't doing enough and you need to be doing more because you have time off now. So you can't use time as an excuse. I remember it's just, it was a random memory from years ago. I had a friend who was really into trying to embrace celebrating things being acceptable where he was just kind of like, we're sometimes mm. obsessed with everything has to be excellent or great. He's like, but acceptable's good, because it's not unacceptable. It's <laughs> acceptable, right? Like, I kind of like that idea in this instance here. Yeah, that makes me think about how we have talked about compersion on this show, that, yeah, there's that idea that, oh my gosh, to be a good polyamorous person, you have to really, really love the fact that your partner is going out with other people and feel like such a glow of happiness for them. But instead, we've talked about embracing neutrality and that that's okay. You're not failing. Yeah. Yeah. And so essentially all of this is to say that this is just a gentle reminder 
to be gentle. Gentle reminders to be gentle with yourself and with others, and to have the courage to feel those challenging emotions and know that it's okay if you weren't super productive or you weren't super grateful about things or that you're struggling with something that's going on in your life right now. And we all deserve a little break from these internal and external forces telling us that we should always be doing more, or at the very least, we should always be much more happy. And to just kind of be gentle, let go of that, and just understand that while there's good in some of those messages, and while those can be useful, they're not the be-all, end-all. Just because they're an aphorism doesn't mean they're always true. I think that's kind of a key point to this, right? That positivity is not bad, but it can be if you have too much of it. It's like how taking zinc is good, but too much of it will make you really sick. Just Everything in moderation. <laughs> the multi-amory moderation. Yeah, zinc is really good for you, though. I do highly recommend it. But don't take too much. <laughs> I have done this and felt really shitty for a few days until I realized I was taking too much zinc. So even positivity well, in moderation. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to talk more about toxic positivity and how to avoid it, how to be better, for sure. But first, we're going to speak about the ways in which you can help our show out and help us continue bringing it to the masses for free. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on AdamMail.com and Eve'sToys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Hello, welcome back. Let's talk about ways to avoid becoming toxically positive, both with yourself and with other people. If you found that some of the examples we provided sounded like things that you say to people or that you say to yourself internally, you might be toxically positive towards your own feelings. And so here we have a list of suggestions to try to shift that. Okay, so this is more about 
listening to others and how you deal with others in challenging situations. Like, say somebody comes to you and is like, oh my gosh, I just lost my job. I feel really awful. I feel really terrible. So, something you can do is actively listen instead of chiming in right away with a toxically positive statement. So really allow a person to express themselves, to tell you how they're feeling, explain that difficult situation that they are in. Because so many of us just want to like be really quick to say a statement and move on and go back to easier conversations with your friend instead of really listening to what they're going through. So I think active listening in this moment is outrageously important. I think that a part of that, sort of a subcategory of that, is developing the ability to be okay sitting in discomfort with someone else. Imagine the situation where, you know, someone's upset about losing their job or they had a fight with their Mm -hmm. partner or something and they're coming to you to talk about it and they dump all this on you. And first of all, if you're someone who has any empathy, which hopefully you do, you're going to then feel some of that to yourself. And sometimes there's that reaction of like, ack, this is uncomfortable. I need to get out of this right away. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to either jump into trying to fix their problem and or, I guess these could be the same, jump to these kind of like toxically positive aphorisms or just try to like escape that feeling right away. And so I think that's part of it too, is sort of developing that skill of realizing that that's okay, that like being uncomfortable, or maybe more importantly, that someone you care about being uncomfortable is also okay for them to experience that and for you to be there with them and not need to fix it right away. And then I guess that kind of segues into our second point here, which is about using the Triforce of Communication. So when someone's sharing this with you, ask what they need, right? Do they just want to be able to share and you listen and that's it and you're done? Triforce one, great. Are they looking for commiseration or support or something like that? Maybe it's Triforce two. And maybe you can even go a little more fine-grained than just which Triforce are you looking for, but what is it that you want right now? Do you want commiseration or do you want me to help you come up with solutions? Or do you want me to be encouraging? Yeah, be poor baby. Do you want me to like talk you up and just like really support you right now? Like there's a lot of ways you could offer support, but sometimes just asking, just being clear about it could be really effective, right? Do you two have any experience with that? Like of of a good example of that happening in your life? Either of you doing that asking or if someone asking you that or you communicating like, hey, I actually just need you to be here with me when I'm sad or like, no, I actually want you to cheer me up. Can you do some some good jokes? Yeah, well, I watch the two of you do that a lot, (laughs) but I also appreciate when my partner will say like, hey, this isn't about you. I'm feeling down right now because of X. And then, you know, I'm able to be like, what can I do to help you out? Or I'd love to like give you a back rub or do something along those lines to to make you feel a little bit better. It's super Mm -hmm. important to communicate at those points, especially if the feeling that you're getting off of your partner is they're in maybe not the best mood right now. And that makes you like, oh, my God, are they pissed at me? This is a great time to ask those questions Mm -hmm. instead of just like be positive. That's not going to help anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I found what's been really effective for me is I just for myself getting more clear on when are the moments when I do want to be cheered up by somebody versus when are the moments where I just want it to be okay to be sad with somebody. And I think I'm learning to get better about differentiating those two and learning to ask and be more clear in my ask for those two from my partners and, and friends and loved ones. Yeah. We can even be more clear in our Triforce. Even I like that. Clearer. Crystal even clearer. Even clearer Triforce. Yeah. But sometimes showing someone that you care about them is more profound than just telling them that. So, you know, a great example of this is acts of service. It can be huge when a friend or a partner or a loved one is going through a challenging time. You know, you can drop off groceries for somebody or a meal for them. You can clean their room. You can offer to give them the night off of watching the kids, or you can even just send over a nice text or a voicemail to let them know that you're thinking about them and that you're there for them. We found that sometimes it can be helpful to make specific offers to somebody as opposed to leaving it in a more general, what can I do to help? Is there anything I can do to help? Because sometimes that's hard for people, especially if they're dealing with a death or the loss of a job or something really stressful, it can be hard to even make that decision. And so having some ideas on the table already, if it's something as simple as like, can I take you out to lunch? Or can I watch the kids on this particular night? Maybe more likely to be received. Yeah, a friend of mine recently had a baby and she was talking about how often her other non-babied friends go away during that time. And how much she appreciates it when somebody asks, like, hey, what can I do for you in this moment? Or can I bring something over? Or can I, you know, take you to get a manicure and let you, like, get out of the house for a little while? So I agree. That's a nice thing to, like, make specific offers. That really helps. Because sometimes people don't even know what they need in that moment. And it's good to be like, does this sound fun? <laughs> Let's get out of the house. Yeah, it's, it's making me think about uh, a couple of my friends who have a kid. And several times now, the thing they've needed is for me to watch the kids so they could go pee. Both of them on separate occasions. That's been like the, oh my, oh my God, I haven't been able to pee for hours because like I can't leave him alone. And, and they don't think to ask for it right away. And it's not something that comes to my mind to offer like, hey, do you need to go pee? But maybe that's a good one to keep in mind specifically for people with young kids. If you like show up and be like, do you need to pee? I can watch the kid for a sec. That's right. I love that. <laughs> I mean, be, be choosy in who you choose to open with. Use that line gotta to be open close with. friends. <laughs> yeah, you can have that. Yeah, well, no, yeah. yeah. Really you well, know though. who you know who it is in your life where you can open with asking if they need to pee. Yeah, maybe don't do not. that at the park when it's like, hey, do you want me to watch your kids? You can go pee. That's that's weird. <laughs> okay, next one is learning to be gentle with yourself. So now this one is turning it back onto yourself instead of just reacting to someone else, and. Be gentle with yourself with the emotions you're feeling. Allow yourself to have a bad day. And instead of kicking yourself when you're feeling down, you could learn some self-soothing techniques to help yourself feel better. Meditation, going on a walk, journaling, talking to a friend, talking to someone and using your Triforce to say, like, I just want my feelings to be validated right now. Can I just tell you a little bit about that? Something that's worth noting here is that on the one hand, you have the toxic positivity, right? Where it's like, I'm having a bad day, so I'm doing something wrong, and so I need to fix it, right? Like, I need to change my mindset, or I need to think differently, and you can kind of beat yourself up over that, and that's the, the toxic side of it that can come in. Or on the other hand, there can be the thing of like, I'm having a bad day, and I'm just going to like keep 
cycling myself in that and get caught in this like mental loop of just, oh, I'm having such a shitty day and like, oh yeah, right. Oh man. Yeah. It is such a shitty day. And you can kind of like work yourself farther that way too. And something that I love about this idea of being gentle with yourself or just having compassion is like sitting with your friend who's going through a hard time and being comfortable with that is doing that same thing with yourself of kind of being like, Mm. okay, I'm feeling these less than ideal things today, maybe for a reason I understand, maybe not, but that in either case, finding that place of neutral of, okay, this is all right. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm feeling this thing, but I'm also not digging myself further into it, trying to avoid, you know, ruminating and getting caught in those cycles. But then I'm also not being like, oh, I have to get myself out of this or I'm failing somehow. It's like finding that neutral point. It's such a valuable thing. I think it's because neutral doesn't fit into little aphorisms as well, right? Ooh, that like always look on right. the bright side of life, you know, fits in a nice little package, right? Or I guess maybe even negative ones, right? Or like the bastards are always trying to get you down. Those are easy to aphorismize and it's harder to be like, strike that balance of neutral because that's... We should just like rebrand all of our stuff and now it's just like totally nudes, like nudes and creams and neutral. Oh, colors, not photos. Okay, got no, it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, oh, Can you imagine that rebranding? <laughs> just what an unveiling. <laughs> Quite literally. Wow, that was a brand really changed. We're all naturalists now. We are Uh neutral naturalists. Neutral naturalists. Welcome. Yeah. Like Like neutral colors and like yeah, yeah, you know, sepia tones or something. (laughs) Yeah, not not the loud colors that we have right now. But I'm saying yeah, we're talking about moderation and neutrality. Nice boy. Like we talked about in our episode 321 about navigating life changes it is okay to feel more than one emotion at once. Even with something that's really positive or exciting, like a new promotion at work or moving to a new place or a new relationship, you know, our emotional life as human beings is incredibly complex. And the situation that's leading you to have all these complex emotions is also complex in and of itself. And it's okay to embrace the challenges with the good stuff and to not let guilt be part of that equation if you're not feeling 100% excited or happy about something positive that's happening in your life. It's amazing how often this comes up, but yeah, you can still be like really excited about something, but then also have a lot of trepidation (laughs) and maybe even feel sad. My acting teacher when I was in conservatory talked about this a lot, that like emotions are not one thing or the other that the most interesting thing to watch is a person who is having like a lot of deep, complex emotions at once and they're struggling, you know, against that. And that's just reality of life that we are not just one thing or another. We are many complex beings. Something else related to this that comes up besides just the complex emotions of feeling something positive and also maybe some trepidation or fear or even sadness that comes along with that There's also that thing that we mentioned way back before about the, well, it could be worse. And I think that sometimes even if something a little bit bad happens, we can still feel that struggle of like, yes, on the one hand, acknowledging it could be worse, maybe could be helpful. And maybe we do feel like a little bit relieved that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But by acknowledging that doesn't make the other feelings of sad at the loss 
go away. So it's like, again, kind of acknowledging that both those can exist and that maybe the toxic positivity part comes when we feel like the positivity has to override rather than maybe trying at best to live alongside the other feelings. So if you find that you are spewing out a lot of toxically positive statements or that that's kind of a place that you go to if you're feeling down or if others around you are feeling down, something that you can think about doing is limiting your social media intake. And I'm saying I never this thought to myself, I would hear Emily say these more, words. Yeah. <laughs> more than all of you. No, but it's true because, again, I mean, I, I heard about toxic positivity on social <laughs> right. media. I was learning a good thing, <laughs> but so often I will find those little pithy statements in bright colors or some beautiful yoga person in a yoga position. And then below on the blurb, it's like radiate light. Everything is wonderful or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) It's good. That's good. Yeah. I believe it. I'd put that cross stitch up in the house. (laughs) Exactly. But I think it's important to look at how you're feeling when you're looking at stuff like that on social media Because is it causing you to want to, like, do that and be that and say all those things to people out there? Or is it making you feel kind of shitty about yourself? Because I think a lot of social media tends to do that. It tends to make you think, like, that this is reality and that this is true life and that everyone is just so above it all and so happy. And it's just not the case. So if you find that you're really going to either overly toxically positive places or trying to strive to be that or that it's making you feel really shitty. Both of those are good reasons to maybe limit your social media intake. So to close out this episode, we want to look at some statements that can border on this toxic positivity as well as some potential alternatives. So if you find yourself just like, oh gosh, but I default to those, what else do I say? Maybe this could be a helpful thing to look at. If something bad happened to someone, right? Like they lost a job or they didn't get an audition or maybe didn't get a job that they were really hoping for, something like that. This patent response of just stay positive. So instead, something that you can say is, I can see that you're feeling down. If you want to talk about it, I'm here to listen. Oh, Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. What else you got, Grandpa? Oh, boy. Well, just look on the bright side. That company probably sucked. <laughs> okay. So let's see. So instead of telling someone to look on the bright side, maybe it's just highlighting, yeah, that sounds like that's really difficult. Hmm. Yeah. Some of this feels so simple, but it's like, I, I think that really often simple is best. Yeah. yeah of just kind of acknowledging yeah. instead of trying to change it right away. I do like that. This seems like a good oh. opportunity along with the I'm here for you. Again, like we said, of being specific in what are the ways that you're going to be here for that person. You know, hey, I'm here for you if you want to talk about things. Or, hey, I'm here for you if you want to go get lunch next week and we can talk it out if Mm. you want or not. That seems like a good opportunity for that. I think also a good opportunity to then offer something that you are willing to give too. So it's not like, oh, that sounds hard. Like, you know, we can go for dinner or like I'll cook you dinner or something when it's like, I don't really don't want to cook dinner for this person. Maybe offer something else like, Hey, I'll take you out to lunch or, yeah. you know, you can, you can talk to me about it. what's going on. I'm just, I'll just listen, like offer something that we'll have someone else cook dinner. Exactly. For us. <laughs> yes. I will pay someone yeah. else to cook dinner for you. How about that? 
Okay, let's see. Let's yeah. get some more toxic grandpa in here. Toxically positive grandpa. Not, toxic grandpa is a different guy. Different yeah. kind of grandpa. So how about, well, everything happens for a reason. You say instead that thing happened. I'm so sorry. Okay. It's simple. Yeah. I'm really I like sorry. it. Well, you know, Sonny, happiness or any other feeling is a choice. So instead of that, instead of telling someone that their happiness or their depression or whatever is a choice, I, I'd say just lean into telling them like, yeah, your feelings are totally valid. It's understandable Absolutely. why you'd be so angry or why you'd be so sad. I think that's a pretty easy place to go. Just telling people that, yeah, feelings are okay to feel. Well, it yeah. could be worse. <laughs> Maybe, cowboy grandpa, you can ask me what I'm struggling with uh. so that I can talk and be vulnerable to you, mm-hmm. which is all that I want. And it's okay to say, gosh, I don't even know what to say. I'm so sorry. You yeah, can be I honest think- about that. That's something that, especially when you're like having a rough internal emotional experience at somebody's pain mm-hmm. in the past, I've often like said one of these like, well, it's going to be okay. Instead of being like, wow, I really don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just being yeah, honest. Just that simple and effective and true. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to point out at the end here that if someone is using toxic positivity on you, maybe try pointing it out to them. You've listened to this episode, you know what to look for, you've heard it maybe from this specific person before, and so explain to them that, hey, you know what, my feelings are valid, I'm really just having a difficult time right now. So go back also to our episode on boundaries, it was a long time ago, but it's a classic, we love it, and maybe learn to create boundaries around these situations that you seem to be getting in with people. So again, that may just look like, hey... I'm not going to be around this person who is consistently toxically positive with me. I'm going to leave the room if they tell me to get over it or if they tell me, like, look on the bright side of life. And maybe even that looks like ending a relationship with somebody if this just isn't a positive person in your life. Mm. If they're toxically positive by not validating your emotional experience and allowing you to, like, have a vulnerable experience with them. And if they're just not a good friend to you in that way, then maybe reassess your relationship with yeah, them. But I'd say hopefully, if you're able to just communicate honestly about, hey, you know, I know you're trying to make me feel better, but what I really want right now is just to be listened to. If you are aware of that and have the wherewithal to think of that at the time, hopefully that's something that your friend could learn then too, and doesn't just have to be cutting them off. But you know, you always got options. It's always okay to have boundaries. And it's okay to break up, as we always yes. like to say. Indeed. Alrighty. So now we are going to go on to our bonus episode for our patrons and talk about positive affectivity. Kind of another side to this. I'm interested in both of your opinions on this for sure. Our call to action question this week, which is going to be on our Instagram stories, is what does toxic positivity mean to you? We're interested to know what that looks like to you and if you've experienced it before. The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvinetta. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. 
Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Jajan Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.